you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. Amigos, amigas. Um, you know we have uh, we have um, uh, some friends and family that came from um, uh, the United States down here, and um, we, we're we're just <laughs> we're so grateful because we were we were telling them Mexico City is an incredible place, and and. Um, it should be an incredible night, and, and, and the best thing is that, is that you've, you've made it guaranteed. You, you've, thank you already for making us look so good in front of our friends and family. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett! Fucking Cameron in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast we're in the month of february 2023 it already feels like it's going by pretty fast and as the time goes by and more and more goes on we haven't heard anything about tour dates or anything like that so we're just sitting here and waiting a little bit and that's all we can do right now until we hear something but you know we had a little band news in the past week or so coming up this friday if you're listening to this on wednesday is the 25th anniversary for yield which is very exciting we'll talk about a little bit of some of our coverage that's coming up for that and today we're going to be sharing mexico city 2015 with you this came up because we both felt like mexico city needed to be represented on the show a little bit more than it had been and it'd been a long time since we had done it and when you think about it 2015 is a tour only nine dates in south america and mexico and then there was the one global citizens festival show in new york city but we are going to listen to this one talk about this one and then share our thoughts 
Randy Sobel over here, John Farr over there. Hello, hello. Good evening. Yeah, this year is flying by, February already. You know, every year around this time, we start getting into like, okay, his tour, what's going to happen? What's going on? Right. When's, when's something going to be announced? Like, what are the rumors going around? And like, you know, at the time of recording, it's, it's still pretty quiet. So we're just kind of like bated breath, twiddling our thumbs, kind of waiting to see what they're going to do this year. Yeah, and I think it'll come. You know, I think it's no secret that why would they take a full year and not tour again? Like that financially doesn't make any sense, but also like artistically and to get them out on to like if they have the opportunity to go and do this and everything is going to align and it's going to be in the cards, then then go do it. You had so much time where you were prevented from doing it. So I, I, yeah. I think it's just kind of I wouldn't be surprised if they were just in the middle of this record that they're probably recording right now. I know from Richard Stuverud's Facebook page that he was recording some solo stuff with Jeff. So I don't know exactly where everybody is right now, but there's a possibility that if they're working on new stuff, then they want it to kind of happen all at once. So if that's the case, then we'll just have to kind of wait it out a little bit. And this band seems to do it in this fashion where it's like a news bomb just drops on you. It's not, okay, well, hinted a new album and then hinted a new song. And then hit, like, it doesn't happen gradually. It's like, hey, Pearl Jam's back. Boom. And, and it just hits you. And I feel like, yeah, because the rumors are out there and because it's, it's highly, it's known that they are recording or had record, then I think it's just inevitable. I think we're just kind of waiting it out. I think I said this a couple weeks ago, like coming off what they did in September, like you want to take that momentum and do something with it. They, you don't want to let that go to waste and squander that. Like you finished the year on a high note. Like, yeah, I, I hope that they've, they've got something in the works soon and that we hear something soon. Yeah, and even if we don't, then it's just, again, it's a little bit of waiting game. And I know that people out there can be impatient sometimes, us included. Like, I made plans. I'm going on a cruise in October, so I'm just kind of fingers crossed that they don't do anything in mid-October because that, you know, all stuff that I'm... It'll be the, the Hartford residency. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's going to be the one for sure. <laughs> yeah. But also, by this time... We might not even know. I think the Ohana schedule is going to come out, the Ohana headliners and stuff like that. So they might be playing Ohana. I don't, I'm not sure. Like there were kind of rumors being like, okay, you know, this might be a maybe. I don't know if there's hints of it out there, but we'll see. We'll have to see. And this could be something that's dated by the time this episode comes out, but we'll just have to see. But I can almost guarantee that there will be a decent amount of shows this year. Just just wait. Just wait and see. Maybe some ballpark shows to kick it off. That would be nice. Be good to have that community all in one place again. Let's talk a little bit about Mexico City. Mexico is one that you have to go back the first time that they ever played the country was actually in 1992. What I'm going to say here is probably my holy grail of trying to find a set list because it seems so unlikely that it would even appear. And I don't even know if many people know this, but they played Tijuana in 1992 in like April or May. And there's no information on it at all, but I just, I would just love to know what that set was like, you know, like what did they do that night? What kind of stunts did they pull? 
Yeah, it's a shame that that one is is lost to history because that I'm sure there was some shenanigans going on. Right. Yeah. I again, it's something we have absolutely no idea on, and I don't think uh, the band, you know, impressed you know about Mexico and going to to play shows in Mexico. I don't think they've ever made mention of that. And you know, at this point now, especially 2015, you have a couple of tour years there under your belt. You have 2003. They were red hot that time, so they had a red hot run for three shows, and then you had 2005, which I believe they played for two shows, and then they had 2011 at the same soccer stadium that this is at, Foro Sol. Mexico's just one of these crowds, again, same as, as South America. They're just waiting for these shows. They're just waiting for these moments, and they're waiting to explode, because New York... And Philly and these places all the time, like they get bunched together sometimes, but it's almost like when they're doing those runs, there's absolutely no way that they're going to head down to Mexico or, or any other place down there and do a show. So I think there's a ton of passion when it comes to the band showing up down there. And I feel like, yeah, on, on bootlegs and, and watching back on videos and stuff, you can definitely feel the presence. Oh, absolutely. I think this venue holds 60,000 plus. I think it says here there's over 62,000 people there. So yeah, it just looks massive. I mean, there is a video for this show and you see it like, oh, the guy zoomed in and when he zooms out, you're like, man, it feels like he's in a different city altogether. This play thing just looks huge. But yeah, the crowd's going to be a big story. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that goes without saying because every show that you do from this territory is just that. There are big crowds, there are crowds that chant, there are crowds that get fired up. And look, if they were there every month or so, we might still see this. That's just who they are. It's not like, oh, they're only doing it because they've been waiting for four years or something. No, no, that's who they are. If Pearl Jam came back, this was a late November show. If Pearl Jam came back in January of 2016, that crowd would be exactly the same. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... There's some things that happen at the show that are pretty special, and this is the last night of a tour, so that's how you know like the band is is in really good spirits, they're loose, and they're trying to have one big final connection with a crowd like this. There's going to be a moment in the show where Ed singles out a girl that's holding up a flag that says Faithful on it, and it turns into such a, a beautiful moment and so unexpected that you know it wasn't on the set list so ed had to be like okay we're changing the show right now these are things that you take out of this band that last a lifetime so with that in mind and there's another good moment with animal that we'll talk about here too with those things in mind i asked for the question of the week and again it's not applicable to everybody It's barely applicable. It's not applicable to me. It's not. And it's probably barely applicable to John. But we asked here, have you ever been featured as a part of the show? Whether it be you had a dedication for yourself, whether you had banter with Ed, whether you were holding up a sign or high-fived anybody, like anything that made you feel like you were part of the show that comes back in YouTube or comes back on bootleg. That's a tough one to get some answers for. It is. You know, not going to lie. You got to be pretty lucky to be in that position. But we got some answers. So 
This comes from James Vernon. He said, at Oslo, Norway in 2000, Eddie started to talk about the laws with the song Timeless Melody, which was kind of making its debut around the time, and asked whether anybody had heard of him. I went mad, yelling, yes, yes, yes. And then Eddie said, if you're saying yes, you're lying. He then said the singer went mad in real life and said, I think that that's him over there. So that's okay. Yeah, that's being part of it. And it's yeah, cool. Ed's acknowledging, of course. And, you know, there's the, the time that I feel like, you know, you get some people cheating in the crowd. The, the big one for me has always been at the Orpheum where Ed asks, have you ever heard of a band called Zeke? Have you ever heard of a band called the Frogs? There ain't nobody there that knows the frogs. Come on. You say that, but then, like, I think of my Yeasty Girls moment in Atlanta. Like, I was too far back, but if I had been closer, I would have been like, fuck yeah, dude. And people would have been like, he would have been like, yeah, right. No, you don't, but I really did. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. And look, that's a a fan club show, so they might be more ingrained into what's going on. And the frogs, I think it opened up for them a little bit in 94. But actually, when I when I saw this date, it kind of it sparked something because I went back and I checked uh, Oslo, Norway, and that is the last show before Roskilde. So that's a little, you know, thinking back to that and thinking back to like what that time in between was is a little, yeah. Whew, yeah, that's 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 a that's a heavy burden, I guess. Uh, we're going to say one from uh, Liam Hennessy right here, which is pretty cool. I got to shoot them from the pit in Santiago, Chile. Mike gave me a nod, and Ed and I made eye contact. And that was it. Three songs out, and back through 50,000 people to find my seat and my friends. What a rush. That's pretty cool. We, we've talked about this on the show before, and that was something pretty recently where I wasn't aware that you couldn't take pictures in the pit after the third song in. So for him to get their acknowledgement of that and kind of go down there, that's got to be a nice little moment, you know? Yeah, he worked himself into a photo pass and put it to good use. That's cool. So, yeah, that's a cool one. Really one other here, and we've, t- we've told this story on the show before, so I guess it's, it's worth mentioning, of course, and that's Dukes and Deborah when they were in San Diego for 2013. They were part of what Duke says is a human conveyor belt that were entrusted in passing a bottle of red wine from the stage to Mrs. Vetter in the crowd. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's look, it's something I think of too. We had a couple of listeners. I know clay had the moment with state of love and trust. Sure. Yeah. And then Debbie getting sad, mm-hmm. dedicated to her. Then we had, you know, bill with hard to imagine in Tampa. So yeah, we've had, we've had a few. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And thinking about that and like knowing that we've connected with these people, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, it happens all the time, but no, <laughs> it yeah. like never happens at all. Yeah. What's your closest one? Probably Charlotte 2013 being right up front on the rail directly in front of Ed. And then the moment where they talk about, you know, they didn't have to show their tits to get lightning bolt to number one. And I think I was probably the first one to point at stone and be like, let's go. And getting stone to show his tits in Charlotte is probably the closest I've come. Look, that's an achievement right there. So hey, yeah, it's something. And I think that's something that maybe nobody else has some. Definitely. Nobody else has. <laughs> let's be serious for her. I got like nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, you pretty much uh, you got to be on the rail right up front in view of everybody. It's uh, yeah, it's my one rail moment or something. 
Yeah, my one rail moment. I didn't really make a connection with anybody. I was just enjoying the show, and I didn't even think of like, oh yeah, like if you sing, like they'll come over to you and they'll throw stuff at you. I just didn't care. I just wanted to watch the show and listen to music. I didn't really care exactly where I was, but it was it was a great experience nonetheless. I think the only thing that happened was that they were handing out cups for Crazy Mary, and they definitely stopped either giving out the cups or pouring the wine before it got to me. I can't remember if I got yeah. a cup or not. So yeah. that's it. Obviously, the people that got connected in this show did a better job than us, but we'll get to them when we get to them. We got a lot of songs to talk about. It was nearly a three-hour show, so why don't we just get right into it? The opening three, Pendulum, Release, Small Town. That's a pretty different three to start you off right there. You know, Pendulum is kind of the eerie opener, releases the emotional. Small Town is really the one that brings everybody all together. I think there are points to be made about all three of these. What from Pendulum stuck out to you? Well, first off, you just hear the crowd just explode as soon as it begins. The thing that really stuck out to me on this was listening to Matt Cameron on his birthday, we should mention too. We're going to talk about that later. But there's a moment near the end where Cameron does a machine gun kind of fill into the last part of the song. And you're thinking like, man, that's something you would hear on like Spin the Black Circle or Last Exit or something. But he's doing it here in Pendulum. And it's a little different because you expect it to kind of kick in, but it, it doesn't. It kind of sticks on the same thing. But yeah, Cameron just pounding on that ending sounded really good. I was uh, I was impressed with this pendulum. Set a good tone for the night. Yeah, I feel like I remember that from Cameron from another song. It might have been Faithful, it might have been something like that, but I definitely have a memory of him like doing this machine gun fill at a time where you wouldn't usually get it. So yeah, Cameron was in good shape for this show, obviously. His what, his 25th birthday, so he's obviously in good form. Release, what's so funny to me, and, and this is in 2015, it, it's like barely eight years ago, and what's so funny to me is that everybody in this crowd are all using lighters instead of using yeah, their I mean, phones. Yeah, I that too. You, you know, you'd expect, yep, you'd expect to see the cell phones, but I, I saw that too. You actually, I was surprised to see people with actual cigarette lighters. You don't, you don't see that in the States. Right, yeah. It's a throwback. It's a throwback to like go to shows in the 80s and stuff. Not not that I haven't had experience, but, you know, seeing crowds in the 80s all put it up when that like big uh, arena rock kind of song plays or something like power that. Ballad, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the power ballad. So, yeah, they got it a couple times here. Yeah, good for the crowd for, for doing that. I guess a lot of smokers in the crowd. So, there you go. I really liked... What Mike was doing at the end there was kind of doing like a staccato with a wah-wah pedal almost. It sounded really, really good. And the whole song was elevated again by Matt, who I guess you could say had the strongest show from this. And another really good version of release. I, I think it just felt more like it had the power and the energy more than like the tear-jerking emotion out of it. We're going to get eight, ten songs in this show. This is the first one, so yeah, they're definitely being crowd-friendly, you know, when you've got 60,000 people in a place like this, they're going to play up to that, so I think release is one that builds up a crowd, and then getting into small town, the crowd just, God, it felt like a big city more than a small town. Oh yeah, you know, you get to that line that, you know, I just want to scream hello, and that's it, like, you can just 
let it go and let them do everything else and, and just let it soar into the air. this version for sure and this is really the first time that you got to see how massive this crowd was all the heads up in front you get to see a little bit of you know being up in the mezzanine all the way back you get a couple of those shots but yeah this is how you know that the crowd is is there for everything tonight and there's a couple of times where ed is just sitting back and he's just staring at it he's just looking into it and kind of embracing all of it especially it being the last show you know there's some emotion going on there like wow we're not gonna see this anytime soon like it's a real high that's so difficult to get off of like i can imagine them going home and then after a day or two being like geez that's a feeling we can't experience again and yeah. you kind of you get used to it and you want it again like i i can see that happen oh yeah imagine like you go home and then you have to like go to the bank and go to the grocery store and you're like man this is not giving me the same kind of like, yeah yeah it's hard to come down off of that for sure yeah, very anthemic version of Small Town, and I think that there was even an extra measure kind of thrown in at the end just for the crowd to sing one more time, and, you know, the band plays into it all. Very, very exciting. And then Why Go coming off of it is just a, a great transition, and one, your crowd really exploded, but now your crowd, they want to start breaking a sweat here. So Why Go, Mind Your Matters, Do the Evolution. It feels like the band, right from the start, of the show just so loose again i might mention it five more times but loose enjoying the moment ed is shimming over to, to jeff and sort of feeding off the power of his base and yeah like it just crowd pleasers all throughout the show yeah again a set list that's constructed very very well for the moment and just letting the crowd's energy just build and build and build and it happens multiple times in this night that the crowd like you said just overpowers the band and ed and they just have to kind of take a step back but yeah very very good beginning now of course evolution is is known as argentina brazil's kind of song but it's not not mexico's song either so i think it it is absolutely worth the mention here another one where ed is just like okay you go and i'm just gonna enjoy this and take another turn on it because i just want to watch this for another second it's the classic latin american moment that you have from pearl jam
I feel like it's Evolution and Black that are the two songs that are must-see down in Latin America and any of those countries. Yeah, this is an absolutely killer version of Do the Evolution. I always talk about Stone and how great his solos are, but they're good in this, but it's really just the crowd taking this to another level and you could tell the band is just riding on that wave like they're just soaring on this it sounds very very good hey look at that i said i would have a couple of mention to to matt and his fills well that's here in evolution sound real snappy on it for sure now you're gonna address the crowd this is gonna be all in spanish all i know here is hola mexico I'm going to have to ask you if you're kind enough to please translate. I think he says something to the effect of like, we're back and we're glad that you are too. There's something about it's been too long. It's just, it's just basically your standard, like, thanks for coming. We're happy to be back and let's go. That's all you need sometimes. This three is very interesting. I thought that this was a very strong three out of any kind of combo from this night. You know, it's Breaker Fall and a Corduroy and a Garden. And Breaker Fall, like, yeah, it's a rarity. And to think about this only have been played three times since this night, yeah, it definitely deserves more. If it's going to gather this kind of energy from the crowd and this kind of electricity from the band, like, you should probably play it a little more. But Mike's solo on this is just top-notch. It's excellent. Oh, yeah. And Breaker Fall, one of those was Toronto, and that doesn't really count. Right. So it's really, it's really hard as twice. But yeah, I had the same thing. I thought Mike Solo was absolutely fantastic, like melodic. And again, just this whole show just felt like it was riding on a cloud. They're just like feet barely touching the ground the whole time. And again, you don't think of a song like Breaker Fall would fit like that, but yeah, it, it does. They work in the rarities and the deep cuts very well here. here after breaker fall kind of coming back to back it feels like a huge moment the first note hits here and you can hear that crowd this was easily if you were to say like hey what's one song you guys want to hear tonight it felt like in unison they would have all said corduroy because once they hear that boom boom and that's all you need is just those two they went nuts so yeah corduroy has that spark a lot of clapping you know they're they're doing the singing and the call and response with ed too a lot of great moments and yeah another big time version of this song that fills out a room and makes you feel like this is the pearl jam show that i've wanted to be at since i got these tickets 
Oh yeah, absolutely epic. And I think Ed, you talk about the the call and response. He has a little bit of fun with the crowd too, because he's testing them at first. Like he does that thing where it's like, all right, am I going to give you the easy one or am I going to give you the hard one? And he kind of gives them a little bit of the hard one. They they go for it, and he kind of sends them a little bit high, and then he does kind of a little bit of a tongue in cheek thing, like, and then like you hear the crowd kind of go off on it. So he's he's got him in the palm of his hand here. Yeah, this is a just an epic stellar version of corduroy one of the highlights yeah corduroy usually has pretty high expectations and usually exceeds that this falls into that category it absolutely exceeded the expectations set for it now we're going to get into a double dose of 10 songs with garden and even flow and right here those are your third and fourth 10 songs of the night so you're already getting halfway there and the crowd is doing some Olay chants in between. This is going to happen all night where if they find a little window, a little pocket in there, just start screaming, Olay, 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 Olay. They're going to do it. And again, like the band looks out and they can kind of bask in it. So all Latin America shows are all 10 heavy. I went back and I looked at all the set lists that happened from this year. And the least amount of 10 songs that were played at a show was six. So it's guaranteed every time because, again, they're not going back there. They haven't been back there since this show. If they decide to go back there this year, it's going to be eight years. And what do they hang on to, grasp on to the most? And I can't even say that that's just other continents. That's America, too. We're still pretty obsessed about 10. We just have fans that have seen it all before and want something else. But they are going to beg for the 10 songs every single time down there. And yeah, the the band knows that they'll deliver on that. And Garden is cool because Garden is kind of the outlier with even Flow and Wygo and Jeremy and Alive kind of songs because Garden still feels like a deep cut in a way. And those Olay chants go right into the intro of the song and it sounds excellent. You can feel just an interesting thought about garden in general you can kind of feel a story developing throughout the song building and throughout what mike is doing and then kind of at the end it's sort of the climactic moment but yeah this kind of had all that i just love when mike takes advantage of being out in the open air and letting the solo just letting his guitar sing and soar whenever i go to an outdoor show i love songs like footsteps and immortality just songs that you can just really feel every note you feel like they're just soaring into the atmosphere that definitely had that vibe on garden and Cameron too again just the power and the precision especially you know when it gets to that bridge part just felt like extra powerful again probably the same effect but being outside and having that extra atmosphere around it but yeah Cameron again just sounds like thunder on this very very good even flow is interesting because in the middle of the verse it seems like there's some rain or some mist coming through so right in the middle of the song you can hear Ed scream what the fuck and it kind of seemed like there was a little bit of like rain coming down. Did you notice that or was it something else? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't, didn't catch that. Yeah, like I was looking at he it didn't seem very specific, but it looked like he just looked up at the sky and said, what the fuck? So as we know from other shows down there in that year, there was a moment where they had to kind of change the whole entire set to break for rain. So I'm sure once that happened, he's like, no, not on this night, not tonight when we're closing it out. So 
yeah, just another version of even flow. Once you get into Mike, Mike is making a show of this, owning up into a spotlight, end of the stage, goes off, does a little bit of the behind the back, and then makes his way into the crowd. Anytime he can do that, it's just a fantastic moment to connect. Yeah, it felt like immediately there were 25 hands on that guitar going for it. He does oh, yeah. a very good job of holding on and managing to keep playing, but the solo was very hard to explain why a solo would be very crowd friendly but it felt like he was really playing it up and really doing the things that would get the crowd going and building that energy yeah very well done yep and then you just kind of got to leave it all out there last night of the tour ed's on top of the speakers singing back and forth with the crowd just electrifying the moment stuns the crowd everybody loves what they're hearing all right ed says that this is a great crowd it's like surfing great waves and that's going to get into daughter but the story here i believe is the it's okay tag and it's okay down there turns into a stabian of course transition come in and once you get that first chord you're just like your eyes light up you're like oh my god like yes we're we're here and it's okay and it seems so rare now because they hadn't, they didn't do it at all last year it just didn't show up and you know i don't know why maybe it was because daughter was kind of relegated to the opener sets after a while but we just didn't get it didn't happen but there's a good crowd reaction it seemed like ed was kind of doing a little blitzkrieg bop and yeah once those chords come in and just you hear ed he says just feels like home yeah it's okay is something that i've never heard and it's it's one of those things that i would love to get someday because especially here it's like you said it's when that chord changes and you're like oh man you know you're in for something really special i think Ed says, oh, do that thing. And he's like, only in Mexico. And that's about the crowd. Yeah. And yeah, the, the Estabi Ed, like it just works so well. It's just something so simple, but it's another thing that just gets the crowd going and like being able to have something that's theirs and to be able to, to screen that back and have it turn into a big moment. Cause like 
there are lots of really good it's okay moments, but the Estabian ones there are special. Sure. Yeah. And again, like you got to be down there to get that. That's, that's yeah, something yeah. unique to them. So glad that they have that. We have a lot of things. Europe has a lot of things and they have that and, and more things as well. Great versions of every song that we're about to talk about in this show. But now we get into the point where Ed is mentioning Eagles death metal. And there was a show that happened in Sao Paulo, like about a week or two before this show. And that's the first show that happened since the Paris attacks. You guys remember the terrorist attack that happened at, at a festival and it happened, I believe during when the Eagles of death metal were playing. And yeah, it, it was just one of those, just another terrible mass murder terrorist attack incident. And, you know, it hurts so much of, of course, being part of the community. And I know that stone and Ed are really good friends with Josh and it, it was on their minds a lot. Like you see at the show, Matt's still using the drum skin with, with the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Jeff, that was wearing a Unfuck the World shirt in Sao Paulo, is, is wearing that shirt again and is wearing the peace sign shirt, which I believe he wore every single night on that tour. This was on their minds, and that led them to start playing this song from Eagles of Death Metal. And this is the last appearance of it. They only played it three times. And if you ask people, I'm sure either they've forgotten that they did this or they might not know this at all. It was off my radar for a while. So this is how kind of deep it is. because I know they released a single, like a benefit single for this, and the version of Want You So Hard was actually recorded from Rio de Janeiro. It wasn't this version, but yeah, it's just one of those things, like I'm I'm not into the Queens of the Stone Age world, like never gotten into that, but it felt like a nice thing for them to take a song that probably not a lot of people know and to play it and release it as a benefit single to kind of raise some awareness and raise some money for that and like yeah it's not something that we ever really talk about and it's kind of like another thing that's kind of of this era but i mean it's it's a fun little song i, I didn't mind it you know it's not something i'll probably go back to very often but it serves the purpose for sure Yeah, 
yeah, I'm, I'm the same boat as you. Like, it's a cool song. It's fun. It's catchy. There's some good backing vocals in at the end. Just a good old rock and roll song. Will it ever get played again? I would say probably not. If there's not something that's connecting them to Josh Homme, if he's there, if it's a festival and he had played in another band, then yeah, maybe he comes on and joins. It's happened before with him. But I think that this one is laid to rest after this. But again, it's something that you should go check out. And obviously we've played a little bit of snippets, a little bit of a clip, but go into watching this video and and just kind of get the full feel of it because it definitely is worth your time. All right, so it sounds like in between getting into Sirens that he dedicates this to a 25-year-old named Fernando that had passed away recently. I think he dedicated it to his parents that were in the crowd. I mean, every time that it happens before Sirens, it's just going to develop into an emotional moment. And we're going to get my one of my favorite things, the just the excellent backing vocals up at the end. And then that, ah, oh, chant with a reprise kind of follows up with Ed doing more of a harmonizing sound while the crowd is, is clapping over it. It was just a very, very tender moment. Yeah, you could tell that Ed was was into this, and of course due to the dedication and the situation of it, but he even throws in like a fucking in there, like he gets kind of worked up about it, and they show a couple of close of his face, and you can tell that he's he's in the moment in the song. But yeah, I'm with you, the little reprise at the end is, is fantastic, with the crowd being very loud, and then Ed kind of takes that, and like, he's like, okay, I've got this as a bass, I can kind of go off and, and do some different things and make this a little special. Yeah, that's always a good moment. Yeah, and it's one, it's like a snowflake. Not every version of this is going to sound the same. So looking back on it and kind of studying it up and, you know, you're going to get something different every time and it might be a different tribute every time too. So give it a fly that happened right afterwards. We get a little bit of the made it to Mexico City, had a joint in a tree, which is pretty accurate for Mexico City, I would think. And yeah, crowd sounded good. Like the whole entire night, they are pretty consistent. They're screaming out the big moments, they're screaming out the fly and all that. So yeah, like they're still at their power and it feels like you're kind of using the next song to sort of give them a little bit of a breather before you go hard at the end. But yeah, the crowd doesn't really let up at all. It's hard to single out Given to Fly because, you know, it's usually the one that's going to soar and, and be the big moment. But I mean, this whole set soars. There hasn't been a song that we've talked about that's been like a letdown moment. Everyone has been kind of surging and building that energy. But yeah, I mean, Given to Fly is as good as ever, but it's really going to be about what's going to follow and building up to the end of the set here. Yeah, for sure. We got three more songs left, main set. And we're going to give a little bit of a nod to Cameron since it's his birthday. I believe this is the only Cameron song that was played on this night, if I'm not correct. Not even like a fixer or something like that. But You Are is played and just kind of given a nod to, to Cameron. I believe anytime that it is a band member's birthday, they will throw back to that and they will kind of give Stone some songs, give Jeff some songs. And, and it's kind of rare for their birthdays to to happen on the date but and also by the way boom's birthday is the same day as, as yield's anniversary so happy i believe 70th birthday for boom if i'm not mistaken so yeah good man right there but you had some questions for javier our gear guru to come back on the show and talk about this so what did you ask javier 
Well, You Are, you know, is such a, a unique song. We know that it's very heavy use of delay pedals and things like that, the things that Stone is doing. But it's especially the ending on this, which I thought was tremendous, where Mike has got some effects going on and Stone is definitely working those, those pedals. I just was curious to see, like, how they were working that together and what was all going into that ending because I don't think I've heard a version of You Are that builds to a crescendo like this. It sounded very, very good. Let's hear from Javier. Andy, hey John, hey everyone on the podcast. You are Mexico City. Great version, great crowd. At the end of the UR, you can hear Mike using what you can call like the classic Mike combo, which will be Tuva Screamer, Delay, and a Wah. Now, if you want to be even more specific, when Mike wants to go in front of the mix, he will add these pedals, but also he will add something called the Exotic EP Booster, which he uses for solos. Stone is playing the same rhythm. He's not changing the same pattern of rhythm that he's using during the entire song. Mike is adapting to it, though, controlling the tap tempo, the delay pedal, so he can fit in it specifically in the tempo that Stone is playing. And just remember that the tempo of the Coric ER1 is dictated by Matt. He decided the pattern that they were gonna play the song at in the tempo that they were gonna be playing at. So Mike is doing all the quote unquote work, uh, just playing with his tap tempo on this delay pedal, which in this case is this delay four, the green one that he uses since 2003 time. So yeah. Is Mike doing the job? Is Stone is playing the same rhythm? He's still playing that uh, six string on C, just going through the pattern of the drum machine, and Mike is doing everything along with him. Once again, these segments are becoming at least one of my favorite things that we do every week. It's just so fascinating to see what he comes up with. So, Javier, you're, you're a treasure. Yeah, excellent stuff. So you are followed by Lightning Bolt, and then River Mirror is going to close your set. And yeah, Lightning Bolt is a really good performance, and it feels like it's kind of building you up for the big, big moment that's happening with River Mirror. It's kind of setting the cards up, and River Mirror is going to blow them all down. And it's another where Ed is playing up to the crowd, and it just has a big ending feel like the jam goes on for a long time and and you kind of get lost in that riff like that ongoing progression at the end there and it just sounds terrific yeah another one from lightning bolt that really kind of transcended that record and like you only get a few here i think they only did what four from lightning bolt five. five yeah but it felt like this one was the standout like i've yeah mind your manners was nice we didn't really mention that but there the crowd was into that one too but there's a little bit of call and response even in the intro here ed's just taking advantage of the moment being like i'm gonna use you guys as a springboard to send this song and up into the stratosphere and yeah lightning bolt another one that just felt like up there with given to fly and corduroy and do the evolution that like really took off and really got to a good place a very very good version yeah, and River Mirror following up. I feel like there's a lot of positivity that's coming out of Lightning Bolt, and River Mirror feels like a really loose performance on this too. 
And Ed's having a lot of fun with the wordplay, especially the swearing moments, the I'll never give thanks fuckers. And he's really embellishing that the swallowed the fucking thing down, like all of the little elements that he just throws into those to, to kind of make them have an edge and make them stand out a little bit are all built. And then it's the bridge. It just popped. It had a ton of energy right away right from the jump has the i will forgive won't forget kind of lyrics and then you know even matt like he kind of turns up the pace a little bit and goes a little double time and the visuals here are very interesting with jeff and ed just kind of face to face and both of them dropping to the floor this feels like a, a big time version of this song happening in a place that should have big time versions of rear mirror I mean, like words don't almost do justice to what Cameron is doing here. You almost have to go back and watch the video and, and see, because I think they do show him up close a couple of times. It's just like the guy's inhuman, like just the precision that he's playing with and the power. It really propels the song forward in a way that no one else could at, th at this point. Like he's just a machine. This might be his best performance of the night. Yeah, it's really, really good. And I think it just kind of electrifies the crowd once again. And, and you're finishing off really strong on a set that the crowd really gave you the canvas for. And every song, they seem to be on the top of their game. It just didn't feel like any of these had any of that give. Even the Eagles Death Metal song, even I, I Want You So Hard, didn't have that. Just a great way to bring them in, into the break and, and get a lot more of those moments to connect on and end the show. So we're here at the Encore. Let's pause for station identification. Let's talk about what's happening this week because obviously, as is mentioned before, the Yield anniversary happening on Friday, and we're going to do some things for that. So on the main platform, which is available for everybody, obviously, on the main platform, we are going to put out a yield just sort of celebrating the record looking back on 25 years and how these live songs have kind of resonated and just be just us talking about a record that is very very high on both of our lists and i think that sometimes on this show we get so invested into the live element that we kind of forget about the studio versions and how the albums have kind of intertwined and, and stuff like that so it's an opportunity to get into that discussion again and, you know, not much more to say. Yield is just an excellent record that 
should get its due and is getting its due from the band that's releasing a lot of stuff. And, you know, I just wanted to be part of that and give you guys a little bit of extra from it. Oh, yeah, I mean, at the time of recording, they they just put out the video for Given to Fly from Single Video Theory, like a new like HD version or whatever. If you're a 10 Club member, you can go check that on the website. It's really, really good. I hadn't gone back and watched this in a long time, but my God, listening to Jack on Given to Fly and that performance and, and Ed and Mike together, just absolutely intense, crazy, wonderful performance. You can definitely go watch it. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic stuff. I'm sure, there's more to come. Yeah, I, I I would hope so, and probably by this time that this airs, there probably is more stuff. Mm-hmm. So what do we know? But I think they are playing back the Monkey Wrench Radio air check from 1998. They're playing that back on on Pearl Jam Radio this week. So yeah, there's stuff all over the place to celebrate this. But also what we're going to do is we're going to release a Patreon episode on Friday. So two episodes if you are a patron. If you're not, then I'll give you instructions on how to join in just a sec. But we're going to give you a little bit of the Tibetan Freedom concert from 1998 and just talk about a show from the Yield Tour. And, And really that was the one that we came up with that was short enough, but it, it's an interesting time period in not just Pearl Jam, but in music in general. So I think there'll, there'll be a lot to talk about shorter set, obviously being in a festival, but yeah, Tibetan freedom from 1998 will be covered over on Patreon. And if you're not involved and not over on Patreon, you can head on over to patreoncom slash live on four legs, sign up, All it consists of is a dollar a month, or if you want to pay under the bonus leg $10 for the year, that's something you can do as well. We have so much content over there and and more to come, like things like this. We haven't done a full show over there in in a long time. You know, we've been very focused on evolution episodes and uh, late night series episode, which we just released one on Letterman 2004 last week. So yeah, a lot of things going on over there. And if you just want to contribute to the show, if you want to listen, if you like our content here and feel like you want to listen to more and feel like you want to get invested in some other things that, you know, you haven't dug into yet, then yeah, I I think it's probably a good time to, to go and join up. And we always recommend at first join the bonus leg tier, see if you like it. And if you're really interested, if this is something that you want to continue on with and you want to give us a request for a show or you want to come on and do a profile, then that's the giggle leg and the horizon leg tiers where you can do that as well. They're all available for you. Like I mentioned, patreon.com slash live on four legs or you can download the patreon app and search for live on four legs or just go to live on four legs.com our good old website will have it for you and there'll be a button on every page where you can click and it says become a patron one patron to thank this week thank you very much to debbie garcia for joining up very cool i know debbie and her name a little bit because of the Pearl Jam podcast community group. I see her come up and comment a lot. And I believe that I first recognized her when we were doing our, uh, <laughs> this feels like so long ago, but our take on Wordle, the Purtle game. <laughs> How do you, did we call, I don't, I guess we called it Purtle. I, 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 I just, yeah, that, that feels like forever ago right now. Because Wordle really lasted for... I know people still play, but it really lasted for like a month or two. But 
yeah anyway <laughs> that's yeah, one that's of those, what uh, happens one of those COVID hobbies but yeah thanks to debbie that's fantastic hope she gets a chance to go back and check out the back catalog of stuff on the website there absolutely all right that's all we got to say in there i'm sure other things will pop up at some point but let's get back to the rock we got a whole jam-packed two extra sets to go here a jam-pack encore one a jam-pack encore two so we're, just, we're only halfway done only halfway done so let's uh get on our horse and head to it ed is just going back and forth with the crowd you know more call and response kind of things and he says i can do this all night big chance for eddie and ed responds not in the same way that we got last week where he's just like no 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 don't do that don't do that he just says nah just call me ed so sign of maturity even though he still probably doesn't like that says he has some family here and he really wanted them to get to see Mexico City, so he thanks the crowd for making them look good in front of his friends and family. Asked to see the people in the way back and says they are really high, of course. And says that there are many faces we recognize. A lot of people traveled this whole month, and I don't know how you've done it. From us and the whole crew, we hope you had a great adventure, and we're humbled that you chose us to spend it with. And it's going to get into a version of Throw Your Arms Around Me that's just excellent dedicated to a couple that recently got married and again by mentioning some of those songs that mike solo's really sore out on this is another one you know with it being stripped down no accompaniment aside from ed playing on guitar this is one that really floats into the atmosphere too and just sounds so good outside oh yeah this is one of my favorite covers that they do period it's just an incredible song and yeah, it builds up to that big moment. I think he, I will kiss you in 500 places or whatever he says, and he always gets a big reaction from the crowd. And yeah, it just feels like it could be one of those like great every show, every other show sing-alongs, but they just keep it in their back pocket for special occasions like this. But whenever you get throw your arms around me, you know that something cool is happening. Yeah, Ed's voice is soaring, just very majestic on this. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 a moment. It doesn't come up too often, but it is a moment. It's only been played 37 times. So yeah, that's that's one I would pretty much kill to see. That's the only cover that I think that I'd be chasing and really excited that I would get. But yeah, yeah, what a nice moment there. Yeah, I've gotten to see it once and it was incredible. Started, and you will throw your arms around 
And then a quick shout out to Paris at the end of the song. I don't know if you heard that, mm-hmm. but Ed busts out the ukulele, big uke chants back and forth with the crowd and says this thing was a little scared. It didn't want to come out so small and so many people that are here. The song is a true story that's going to happen later this evening. Which is weird. He just said his friends and family are there. I, I, you know, it's not not COVID. I'm surprised that everybody's being separated, but I guess it happens. Yeah, sleeping by myself. I had I had nothing on this. A lot of this section here, after throw your arms around me, the next three songs are songs that I don't really expand into very much. But we'll do our best to give it the recognition they deserve. Yeah, this felt like just kind of a fun little sidestep from the set. You know, he he played it a few times last year, 2022, and it was like, oh, you know, I'm playing this because that's going to be happening and, like, nobody's here. Like, it felt like that same sort of thing. Like, he just wanted an excuse to break out the ukulele and have kind of a fun moment with it. But, yeah, on paper, like, these three, Sleeping By Myself, and then the two covers that are going to follow, like, not something that I would gravitate to, but, like, here it becomes a moment. Like, he's he's talking about the Paris attacks, and that's still very fresh in everyone's memory. The fact, like I said, that being at a concert makes it that much more poignant for everyone. So you get the lighters come out again and the fireflies and everything, and it's it's a nice moment. I mean, when you get this many people, you get, you get to break out those songs. It's going to be a huge sing-along, and, and people are into it. Yep, that's where Imagine kind of comes in, dedicates it to Paris, like you said, a song by John Lennon. And while the sentiment is wonderful and the visuals of this are excellent, you know, this is what the song was meant for. A propensity of having a healing power, bringing people together and living off of the lyrics and all that. And really... They haven't played it too much. They played it 21 times, but almost every version of this is played for a purpose. I want to say like eight out of every 10 with it being 21. That's probably 16 of these or so that are played with a an actual purpose, like something like this, where there needs to be a moment of unity and, and coming together, especially after something like Paris. Comfortably numb following up. I, I was kind of expecting this to be once again another mic moment where he can channel and and kind of send that out into the universe but i didn't really feel that power from this i think it was just kind of lost a little bit i I don't know if the guitars weren't meant to kind of burst out like that or anything but i i you know i've heard versions of this before that felt really overpowering and uh, i i didn't think that got there with this Yeah, they might have been just kind of letting the crowd kind of have it and not wanting to overpower the moment. I think it may be restrained a little bit because of, you know, they're thinking about what happened in Paris and everything. So maybe not wanting to, like, make it too showy. Yeah, that could be it. Sure. Animal and Save You, I'm going to package right here. But the story from Animal, it's a letter from a 12-year-old girl who wrote in from Atlanta so are you posing as 12 year old girls now is this, that something that, that you did before we met is, is that hey, something that you do I'm, I'm not above it if it if it gets him to play here but this is not me but shout out to rebecca if only it had worked because he kind of has a moment like oh we he turns around to the band like oh we we've hung out there we made records there like yeah, yeah. but then like hey maybe come back and play since you haven't played here since 2012 and that was only a festival Maybe, Rebecca, if you're listening, hit me up. We'll work on a campaign to... uh, There's enough people that want it, so... Yeah, this just just bummed me out. It's just like, oh, man, like, they mentioned it. They're thinking about it. Come play here. 
That's all. Again, like speculation could be whether Jeff is still kind of on edge being there after he got robbed. Come on, man. We got to get over that. But we'll just have to see. We'll have to see. They were happy with Atlanta for switching to blue in the election. So maybe that they kind of keep their hope and their promise up for playing for them. But yeah, so the whole thing was that she dedicated to her dad who was there. She said that my dad's the best person. He's the best dad. And Animal was her favorite song. So her dad, Michael, Ed says, that's a pretty cool kid and you must be a pretty good dad. Here's to Padres. So another sign that like these guys are just putting together their set based off of little stories and and things that they saw and and just putting it all together because it's the last opportunity for a couple months before 2016. And once you get into 2016, it's going to be overloaded with so many other things and so many other storylines that you're just going to have more opportunities to to do stuff from that moment. So it's good that they see things like that. It's good that they get that and then share with the crowd, of course. Look, with everybody feeling loose and everybody just in a good mood, like save you kind of benefits from that. I think the only thing I can really say is that if you want to play it like this every night, if you have that energy to play it like this every night, then it should be played every night. This feels like a song that can do that, that should be in the rotation way more often because it's the perfect opportunity. Yeah, they just destroy it. I mean, Jeff and Matt, two at the end, sound just really, really good for this late in the the set. You know, Animal and Save together here in the middle of this encore, it feels like it's just like a jolt of electricity coming off of like, you know, you had the big, heavy, emotional moment with Imagine and Comfortably Numb and you're like, oh, where are they going to go from there? And it's it's a good idea to just kind of like punch these two really quick ones right there and kind of like wake everybody up and be like, all right, the show's still going. We're not over yet. Stick with us. We're still going. But it felt like it needed that kind of like jolt of like, hey, let's get two fast ones in and bust this thing down a little bit before we get to the end. Right. And this is the point of the set where things are going to change. There's going to be a program change here. The set list is going to have a couple cross-offs. And Ed says, there's a young woman in front. I've seen her a couple times before. Can I have that flag? He's kind of like waiting for the change. And he's like, all right, we have to get a guitar. We have to kind of switch this up. So at this point, he makes mention of a cameraman that's been with them for 28 years. His name is Legs. And this was his last night, the last tour ever. And he's finally getting to retire and work on something else. So he says, this man's a hero. He's really something. I'm glad he's part of our family. The all the time the little guys that they're so thankful that they're part of that team it feels like if you are part of the team over there then you get treated really really well and that's nice to see yeah i mean it goes back to the you think of live on two legs the compilation from 98 where you look inside and it's got all the pictures of everyone it's not just the band pictures it's you know it's the whole crew they really do talk the talk and not just walk the walk when it comes to you know everyone in their crew being a family and really making them part of the show yeah it's a nice moment once faithful is being played it cuts back to the woman a couple times and it looks like she's just over the moon with this tears in her eyes big smile on her face and then that moment when Ed walks down and basically is crooning right to her, making eye contact. It's just, that's why I I kind of brought together what that question of the day was, because if there's another story to be told that's something like that, then that's something you have to 
kind of keep in the memory bank for forever and, and not just to the, the person that it happened to, but for everybody. You know, it, it's inspiring for, I think, a lot of this fan base to see that another fan got their moment in this because we see it all the time. We see it that there might be somebody that the band kind of selects out of the crowd and gets a little bit of a rise from, a little bit of a moment from, but and that's everybody's dream to connect. And she got it on such a high level that yeah it was really nicely done by the band and then she got a really sweet moment out of it just wholesome and pure and just like puts a smile on your face like they show it close up on the on the video like he's literally like i said right in her face just singing to her the song that she requested and like man i can you even imagine like it just brings me chills right now like what that must have been like for her and you see like like i said she's just overcome with emotion like she's singing along and like looking right at him like just an incredible moment for someone in the crowd to, to get that and like once in a lifetime but to just think of like yeah i'm gonna write this song on this flag and maybe it'll get thrown on stage maybe something will happen never in your wildest dreams would you think like oh he's gonna come down and, and sing it right to me but man that just goes to show like how they feel about the crowd and like for ed to go and do that just made this whole show special and, like she'll never forget that moment no, and following up on that, like it just gets more and more emotional. I think that, as mentioned before, Evolution is one of the big songs for Latin America, but Black is just right there to it. It's a one, two, and an A, B, if you want to say that. And Black is just one, you just want to hear this crowd go off and just do everything themselves. You know, again, the whole place lights up and it feels like there's a pure bliss from it you know with mike just getting possessed in the middle and and doing ungodly things with that quote-unquote 59 fender and ed just at the end here just gets that big chug of wine stares lovingly out to the crowd and gets lost in all of it that do 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 all of it the only thing that's happening after a while is that matt's keeping a very mild tempo and there's a very faint riff that's coming from stone's guitar but you, you just look out there and just the sea the waves the waves of people and yeah that's got to be one of the emotional moments for them to say like we really don't get this anymore after today
I think he, he has a wine bottle. He takes a big swig of wine and gets a big crowd response. And then it looks like he was going to say something. Like, I don't know if he was going to go into, like, a, a tag or, like, an acknowledgement. But he's just kind of rendered speechless. And, like, I can't think of many times when a crowd has made him speechless on stage. But this is one, like, he just, he's at a loss for words. And he just kind of, like, looks out and kind of shakes his head just like, wow. And just like, kind of like I said, just kind of lets the moment wash over. And it was really, really cool to see this. I mean, that's not something that we see at shows, especially in this quality and this close up. But to see him kind of be overwhelmed by a crowd was really, really cool. This is a special moment and a special show. Yeah. And I think the the Olay chance that kind of happened and, and evolve out of that there's a shot on the big screen which most of this is filming the big screen in this youtube video but you get to see jeff and how he's just staring and it looks like he's just overwhelmed by all this and then after kind of kicking back in he just kind of gives this smirk like you guys are unbelievable and just walks off and yeah it's a cool moment all of this and they all are like that just these grins to say yeah i'm I'm pretty lucky to to get to do something as fucking cool as this with my life. Doesn't happen that often. And if it happens, it doesn't really happen at that magnitude. Yeah. Porch is going to follow up because what else could follow up? You're ending your Encore 1 here. And it's just the place being jacked up and electric and, and fired up. Mike is on a rampage and orbs are flying around. It's the whole ordeal that happened in the Lightning Bolt era. But the only thing I can think about during this was Boom's little wind chimes that are going on on the B3. It sounds it's like a very raw piano sound, but it sounds like your wind chimes on your porch, you know, kind of like uh, jingling in the wind. Nicely done. Nicely done. Yeah. Intentional, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. Coming off of black, like, I mean, you see Ed kind of go into the intro there, and he's kind of just, like, taking it all in, like, here we go. Let's send some of that energy back. We saw Mike go down to the crowd during Even Flow, and Ned had just done it for Faithful, but he goes back down during Porch and kind of sings the end to the crowd and just trying to give some of that energy back to them and trying to just a way to say thank you. You know, we're kind of getting to the end of the show here, and yeah, really good version of Porch. I mean, musically, I guess Cameron again during that bridge, just locking everything down, but this Porch is really more about giving back some of that energy that, that they got on Black, I think. Yeah, and it's about starting the party, which will end the tour. And the whole second encore is built just for that. There ain't no rarities. It's it's all the stuff that you know you're going to knock them down during. Like Jeremy, Better Man, Alive, Rock, and Ledbetter, and you know, Last Kiss, of course. But look, Last Kiss, it, for some crowds, they absolutely just bask in it. And I feel like they were like that at this, too. It was a little bit of a a rough start, but Ed kind of walking up and down the stage, sort of, again, crooning the crowd a little bit, you know, getting some good sing-alongs out of that. But again, before they get into Last Kiss, they bring Legs back up on the stage. He wasn't on the stage before. He was just kind of off to the side doing his thing. But they bring him onto the stage, and he gets a massive ovation and just goes around and hugs everybody. So he got to be on stage and got to see it from that vantage point, which is very, very cool. Even Mike gets a Polaroid of him and then hands it to him. That was cool to see. Right. All he does is point a camera at them. And, you know, for that to 
equate to having to come on stage and and seeing what the band sees is got to be just life altering. So Jeremy, like I think these two were pretty obvious picks. Jeremy, anytime you can say anytime, anywhere now, Jeremy is just going to be one of those massive, massive crowd pleasers. The crowd takes it away. Once you hear Ed, here we go. Here we go. We're off. And again, everybody just letting their voice soar into the distance. Like what else can you ask for? Anytime you've got a, a crowd like this, you're going to get a really good version of Jeremy. And it looked like Down was on the set list here and ends up getting cut. Like a good cut. I, I love Down, but then, yeah, this is this is not the moment you need. Right. You need the big party atmosphere here. I think Smile was the other one that was that was cut later on, which for the same reason makes sense. But no, no code songs at the show. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame, but can't win them all. I mean, yeah, they're full-on fan service sing-along party time here. Jeremy into Better Man, like it doesn't get much bigger than that. Speaking about party time, Ed gets into this little speech here and says, before I moved to Seattle, there was a guy in a group who was already my favorite drummer, and that was before I even thought that I could meet him. There were a lot of great drummers in Seattle, and to be in a band, you need a great one. He was in a band called Soundgarden. Here comes the birthday cake. Some people, when they play drums, they sit on a drum stool, but Matt sits on a drum throne because he's a fucking king. They all sing happy birthday. Ed gives them a big hug. Stone presents the cake. And then Ed has the crowd recite Las Manianitas. Then the tradition of all traditions within this band, the cake gets tossed into that crowd. Well, he was teasing it at first, like he was teasing him with it, and then he kind of took it back, like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. And then he turns around and just hurls it. That would be the ultimate crowd participation if you caught a piece of that cake. Oh, yeah. Got to eat stuff. So hopefully it didn't land on, like, someone's face who wasn't paying attention. Hopefully someone kind of caught it and they were able to to make some use of it. And then Ed with the little clip to end that we need some forks. Better man, another pleaser, but... What I got out of this, I think, that is worth mentioning, the Save It For Later tag, he kind of goes on this thing where he's like, don't don't leave me, baby. When I need you, don't run away. And it sounded like he was saying after that, don't want another drummer, don't want to live without you. And it feels like that's directed towards Matt. And it's really <laughs> tough to hear what he's saying because he's going really fast. He's kind of muttering it, but you kind of hear that phrase, don't want another drummer, don't want to live without you. got it on, on his mind and he's always going to tailor it to what he's thinking about and yeah that's a, that's a nice moment for Cameron to get you know they always make a point of pointing him out you know during the shows and everything but the drummer doesn't always get the spotlight so it's nice on his birthday that they would, he would give him a little shout out like that for sure we're getting into the final three the bread and butter of the night the live rock and lead better any show that you're closing a tour 
and just any show in general, if you get these three, you know that you just had a big night that happens. So Alive, Rock, and Ledbetter, you don't get more traditional than that. I would love to see what the numbers are in tour closers or end-of-year closers where they did this. Don't have that stats right now. So let's talk about Alive. Let's talk about a little bit of the in-between. And I think that Alive was really cool. The big screen behind them, you just see a wide shot of the crowd and Ed's saying look at yourselves we're all still alive everybody's hands in the air fists are pumping and it's just one of those moments where again like just a sign of hey we're here right now and this was a night I'll never forget and this is just kind of you know a reiteration of that like we all did this together and we all made a memory and a moment together look at yourselves look at To get this kind of reaction from a crowd like this, there's got to be nothing better than that. Like, it's just a celebration of everything that's happened on this night. Like, all the great moments from this show, like, they're just trying to send some of that back at the end here and, and give the crowd something to go out happy on. I didn't really get a good look at it, but it, it seemed like Mike might have been off stage, but there's a really quick shot that you see security rushing to the front. And when it cuts back to the band on stage, you don't quite see Mike, but he does come in a little bit after that. But it felt like that something was going on. I'm wondering if Mike hopped down real quick. It doesn't say anywhere that he did, but you know, just a very, very quick shot. But speaking of which, now we're getting to the moment where it's the visual aspect of, of being in Mexico City and their tradition that they have in that soccer stadium down there. And it's just kind of fascinating to watch transpire. And it's throwing all their cups and trash and trays and all, all that stuff in the air. And, just, you know, just sort of a big celebration during Rockin' and Ledbetter where all these cups are flying around. And it makes for a very, very cool visual. If you remember, I think the big one that everybody kind of goes back to is, is Porch during Berlin in, in 2018 where they threw all the cup holders in the sky. But it's very, very similar to what they're doing here. Yeah, I would hope that they, you know, and they, they had played here in 2011, but hopefully someone had filled them in like, hey, don't be offended, but when you get to the end of your set, people are going to start throwing shit at you. It doesn't mean they don't like you. It's just something that they do. Like, yeah, if you didn't know any better, you would think like, man, did they really hate the show? Like, what happened? But yeah, it's, it's just thousands of cups and holders and cans and everything just getting tossed around. It's crazy wild scene over there and ed's rocking a sombrero and you know stone's rocking out on the solo and that all is fun and good but then we get to the quote we're having a very tough time leaving we'll go home with this in our hearts our suitcases and our mind thank you for tonight it's really hard to leave and then ed and the crowd connect once again and everybody's singing together on lead better it's just a big farewell and just a nice moment end of tour end of an experience for for the band and the crowd anybody that was following them along so you know just one of those moments that you just take it in and kind of like mike does take the polaroids and and save the memories 
But also, if you miss this, uh, Jeff has a champagne bottle that he teases like popping big time. Like, ah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna spread it, but uh, it ends up being a little bit of a dud, and he kind of just laughs it off with a little bit of a grin. And some of the guys look like Stone was holding a bottle of champagne too. So that's how you know that they're in celebratory mode, and this night meant a lot to them. So yeah, this is as good of a Mexico City experience as as you can get. So. That's our show right there. Let's come up with three moments that make the show what it is. So, so many choices. Like, I want to throw Corduroy in there. I want to throw Daughter in there. I want to throw throw your arms around me. But my number three is actually going to be Rearview Mirror. My number two is going to be Black. And my number one is going to be Faithful. Interesting. All right, that's a good three. Yeah, I'm in between some of those. Like, I I really like throw your arms around me from the show, so I think I'm gonna say that for number three, and for number two, I'm gonna say Rear View Mirror, excellent version of that. Number one, I gotta say Black because that's just the culmination of everything that happened from that night, and just the crowd and the respect and admiration for both the the crowd on the band side and the band on the crowd side. It was just anytime you get that, it doesn't matter where the show is. It's, it's something important and should be celebrated. So that will lead to a rating. I'm interested to see what this one is. What do you think? Oh, this is hands down a 10. This was an absolute pleasure to listen to and watch. Like a lot of the, the shows that we give tends to have crowds like this and this crowd is is one of the best that i've heard in a long time and so many great moments so many interactions with fans and with it being matt's birthday and doing the whole thing like i think this is this is one of the top 2025 shows they've ever done i'm gonna give this a 10 Ooh, i don't i don't i'm not there yeah i and maybe it's from the fact that you're comparing what the shows happened down there and it's tough to tough to separate sometimes, but I get it. Like, yeah, this is a really good crowd, but you know, all the crowds down there are excellent. You can say that about you know Chile. You can say that about Argentina. You can say that about Brazil. That doesn't mean that this crowd should be taken away from that factor. Doesn't make them worse or or better than anybody else. But I don't think that this constituted a ten rating at all. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong about, there's nothing wrong about this show, but I feel like as far as Latin America shows go, I thought that this was fine. I thought that this was fine. I wasn't like given a real big spark from this and I don't know, maybe if I listened to it in a couple months, I'd feel differently, but I, I, yeah, I, I did not see this as a 10 show at all. I just didn't. I'm, I'm at an eight. That's, 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 uh, yeah, I, I just I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I I've seen these things happen at shows before. All the same elements that it might be somebody's birthday, it's a celebration of life, it's a celebration of the crowd, and everybody's at the top of their game. And I've I've seen those, and this is exactly how one of those shows goes. But and I'm not saying that it wasn't strong, I'm just saying that it didn't it didn't hit me in the right way that some of the other shows that do this do. And maybe it's because 2015 isn't something that really gets talked about a lot. I'm not trying to base my rating off that at all, but I I just, I guess a little bit being a lightning bolt era kind of show. I I guess I just didn't see what you saw in it at all. Mm. 
All yeah, right. I, that's, I didn't that's think it was surprising. That's surprising. I thought this was fantastic. Like, definitely, it's worth your time to go and watch. You can decide for yourself, but highly recommended. I thought it was good, and nowhere near a ten. So there you go. Whoever you want to listen to, and whoever you want to agree with on that, then uh, that's that's your decision. But all right, that's going to take us to the next week, and we're going back to the binaural tour for next week. Going back to earlier than we did it in Toronto a couple weeks ago. So let's head to Wembley Stadium and do London. Yeah, they had a couple shows in 2000. One of them ended up being an eight-man show. And yeah, we're, we're going to get one of those real down-and-dirty binaural-era shows that really was something special out in Wembley Arena. So I'm excited for that. That's a request from one of our patrons, Chris Riddell. And yeah, that'll be one that's fun to dissect. Yeah, I mean, a, a great set list. And anytime we get to go back to 2000, we, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Well, if you like this episode and you want to help us out, then the best way you can do it is go on your podcast platform of your choice, Apple, Spotify, to name two, and give us a five-star rating. Let us know how we're doing. Let the people that might be interested in listening to this, let them know how we're doing, because that's how this all comes about. It just word of mouth. It just spreads. If somebody says, hey, they covered one of my favorite shows and they have a friend and you're like, hey, you were here too. Listen to this. And that friend is like, whoa, that brought back a lot of memories. Then it, the word just spreads and that's how the love gets spread. So yeah, if you can leave us a five-star rating, if you can leave us a comment on Apple, that'd be so helpful. I believe I saw there was a another comment that, that I saw that got added. I'm not sure who it was from. I believe it was somebody that was uh, New York-based. So thank you for whoever did that. Get in touch and we'll send you something, a little a little bit of a gift. And also uh, one of our patrons, Travis Howell, commented too. So we're, we're getting some comments in. I think the goal for that, let's get to 100 ratings. 100 ratings by the end of 2023. Can we do it? We need something to kind of strive for. We need a little bit of a goal. Last year we had a ton of goals with Patreon and stuff like that. So why don't add a goal to this too? Let's get to 100 by the end of 2022. I believe we're at 67 or 68 right now. So help us out, and it'll go far. And we appreciate all in return. That's the end of the show. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, miss you already, miss you always. Well, the hosts were off a little bit today, but sometimes that happens. Next week, a binaural era show in a big arena venue, yeah, maybe we agree on a little more. But until then, you'll have to stay tuned to find out. See ya. Let's stop you. Yes. Let's be in. Gracias. Thank you, everybody. Up there. Back there. Up there. Um, we'll go home with this in our... Uh, in our hearts, in our suitcases, and in our minds. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tonight. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's really hard to leave. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll, we'll, uh, let's do it again someday.